today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Well, after receiving a reprimand from uh, Hamilton City Council about a month or so ago, Cameron Kretsch is uh, requesting a judicial review of the City of Hamilton's Integrity Commissioner. This had to do with some uh, comments that he uh, is alleged to have made and some documents that he made public, at least they say anyway. Uh, and he was rebuked by City Council as a result of this. And uh, we, at the time, raised some questions about the procedures and, and actually why this thing happened in the first place. So it's not surprising to me, and I'm sure a lot of other people in the community, that, uh, that Cameron has decided to take some action here. Cameron Crutch joins us here on the Bill Kelly Show uh, to explain. Uh, Cameron, great to have you back in the program. Hope you're doing well these days. Yeah, I'm doing okay, Bill. Thanks for having me on. Well, yeah, I should say, given the circumstances, I suppose, there's got to be a qualifier on this. Uh, talk to us about the process. I think you and I talked about this the day after Council made their decision, and uh, and I thought there was an inevitability here that you were going to do something about this. Uh, what's what's coming on the board now? What are you guys looking for? Yeah, we're really asking for the courts to look at and review the decisions made by the Integrity Commissioner and by City Council. And so... We're looking at this from a broader perspective in terms of should the integrity commissioner have been able to use this process to investigate a citizen volunteer in the first place. That's the first thing we're asking. Second thing we're asking is about procedural fairness. Was the process they used to investigate me fair? Um, we don't think it was. And then we're looking at the decisions that council made in public, the September 30th meeting, the one, first of all, to reprimand me and the second to receive this report, which might seem like a minor thing, but, you know, is really about uh, setting a precedent, right, that this can be done in the future and that people can uh, certainly complain to the Integrity Commissioner to come after uh, advisory committee members. So those are the four things we're kind of exploring through the judicial review process. And, you know, really, we didn't want to have to take all those things to judicial review. We had hoped... Um, that we could avoid having to file this week against counsel and that they would have reversed reprimand against me when they had the chance on Wednesday. Yeah, this is a two-part process we should explain to our listeners that uh, the first part of this that, that, that we're talking about here now is the review itself. Uh, and part two of this is the way counsel reacted to the review, I guess, and the, uh, the results that they got. And we'll get to that in just a couple of seconds. But I want to get back to the process, first of all, uh, because it's, uh, as as our listeners would know who are following this story, uh, part of the reason that they were uh, they really had a, a bone to pick with you, at least they thought they did anyway, was some comments you made on this program uh, about process, about selecting people for things like the police services board and other things like that. Uh, and, and I was always under the impression that, you know, in, in our society, uh, you know, citizens have a right to dissent and have a right to dissenting opinions about something. And there were some serious questions uh, raised by not just you, Cameron, but lots of people in this community about process and about the procedures that were ongoing. And you simply voiced your concern about those. And all of a sudden, uh, that was a bad thing to do. Did you ever get the impression uh, that, that, you know, that you were being stifled because of, of what was going on? No, I got the opposite impression, in fact. Throughout the process of becoming a member of this advisory committee, there's training and there's conversations. And when media started reaching out to me after our committee had decided to pass that motion last May about the flag raising, um, I contacted the city and just said straight up, hey, um, I'm not sure how to deal with this because the code of conduct and the rules you have for advisory committees really aren't clear. And they said to me, you're perfectly within your rights to talk to the media as long as you only speak about things the committee talked about in public, and if you want to give your own personal opinion, just say so. So the city seemed to, from that point, say it was perfectly fine for me to speak to the media. When I got that complaint, it was the first time I'd heard that it was a problem. 
and there are two specific things here that I want to get your read on here, and I know that this is going to come up during the review uh, when you and your lawyer make your presentations, uh, hopefully sooner than later, uh, that you, for all intents and purposes, exposed two names that, that they th- apparently thought you should not have done. They said it was it was a confidential document. Uh, uh, one was an employee to the Police Services Board, a city employee, uh, appointee, and another was a longtime city employee who was uh, found to have had strong ties with neo-nazi groups and, and web pages and things of that nature uh and and they they were angry at you for doing that yet at the same time that very document with those names on it had been posted on the website of the police services board for how long weeks months weeks for anyway a year so, okay so, so, the document uh, so here's, here's my th- been posted for a year yeah so if if it's there and the names are there on a on a website uh, it is by definition, I think, a public document. So why are they getting upset about you actually referring to that public document that they had put on their webpage? Well, it's even more absurd than that, Bill. The tweet I posted didn't even have any names in it. And so the document they had up there had the names in which they objected to. Mine didn't even have them in it. But this has really not been about private information from the beginning. This has been a process the city has been using for, frankly, mysterious reasons. They've never tried to resolve the matter. I've never had someone from the city hall call me and say, Cameron, hey, you know, we saw this tweet out there. We're concerned about the tweet for the following reasons, and we'd ask you to take it down. And here's why we'd like you to take it down, and would you consider that? That's never happened. The first time I got noticed that there was a problem about this was when I got a complaint from the Integrity Commissioner. This hasn't been about trying to resolve this and to ensure that the process has been equitable. In fact, as Councillor Clark said on September 30th, he said, why isn't uh, Mr. Kretsch able to come here and speak to us and give us a side of the story. Why was my response uh, not sent to counsel so they could see what I had to say in my own words? So it, it remains a mystery here, Bill, to me, as to why this has gone the way it has and why they've engaged this process. Because, as your listeners should know, city council has always had the authority, outside of going to the integrity commissioner, to reprimand me, remove me from the committee, or do anything else they wanted. After all, they're the ones that appointed me to this committee. So using this instrument was a very deliberate choice, and one I'm not sure of the reason for. Well, it was public humiliation, public, you know, embarrassment to try to, you know, all of a sudden to throw this whole thing at you, Uh, which brings us to part two of this whole process. Uh, Should the integrity commissioner actually even be investigating private citizens, which is what you are? No, yes, I know they're going to argue that you were on a citizen or on a a committee, but you're not a paid member. Uh, You're a volunteer, basically, Uh, and... You know, when you accept that responsibility and you're, you, you are, you know, awarded a position on that board, uh, the insinuation that they're saying now, I don't, I don't care what they said at the time because they tell everybody the same thing, but from what they have done subsequent to that is that, okay, once you're a member of one of these boards, whichever board it is, whether it's the Football Hall of Fame Committee or, or whatever, uh, you have to keep your mouth shut and just toe the city line. And if you don't, you're going to find yourself in trouble. That seems to be the message they're sending. It definitely seems to be the message they're sending, and it's not a surprise just to me, Bill. It's a surprise to many other people, some who've spoken publicly as members of advisory committees, um, saying that they were shocked to hear that the integrity commissioner could be used to investigate them. Members from the Aboriginal Advisory Committee, members from the Cycling Committee, spoke out in public talking about this and about how they were shocked that this instrument could be used. It's extra weird, in my opinion, because the integrity commissioner this city hired is made up of a firm of two people, and one of those folks is the former city solicitor. I think that it's it's strange, specifically when you think about the comments that were made yesterday at council, 
I'm not sure if you heard it, but Councillor Tom Jackson asked the city solicitor, the current city, city solicitor, um, you know, how they were going to go about defending themselves in this judicial review. And the city solicitor said that they were going to go to outside legal counsel. I thought that was kind of strange, but she gave a bunch of reasons. And one of them was that they were worried about a potential conflict down the road um, and worried about the fact that this might, you know, take away from the city's other legal resources. And the thing I think that's important is that it seems to have been a request from the integrity commissioner that they go outside because of a potential conflict. The only conflict I can think of, and I can't be sure, is that the former city solicitor is is basically the integrity commissioner. So this situation is just getting more and more um, bizarre and more strange as time goes on. I don't think anyone has answers as to why they chose to go this way. I'm not even sure uh, many councillors do. So that's process, and that's you know the fact that the integrity commissioner was even involved in this. I I would have thought, and, and this is only my opinion, uh, that if the council had made this request to the integrity commissioner, uh, the response probably should have been, uh, "That's beyond our purview. We don't do that. Uh, you know, you guys settle this yourself." Uh, but they didn't. They they took it on, and and we've seen the result of this, uh, which brings us to the second part of this was uh, the process itself. You did have an opportunity to speak to the integrity commissioner. Yes, um, I was interviewed in June for, I think, about an hour and a half or around there uh, to talk to the Integrity Commissioner. And by that time, all I'd kind of received, Bill, was a 61-page document with uh, a bunch of things in it, some allegations, um, nothing at that point, as far as I can recall, about the media interview. And I was just asked some basic questions if I could respond to it. And then I didn't hear back again uh, until, I think, if I recall correctly, sometime in August with kind of a draft report. Um, which said, you know, here are our draft findings, and then, you know, we'll hear a response from you on the draft findings, and then we'll submit a final report. And that was it. I submitted my draft response. I thought I would hear from the Integrity Commissioner again, and I would hear from um, the almost 100 pages, or just slightly over more than 100 pages I submitted to them. I would hear a response and have a chance to have a dialogue with them about it, but not at all. September 24th, I received the final recommendation report, and then it was put on the public agenda um, that Friday, I think two days later. So there was no real discussion or back and forth uh, there between myself and the Integrity Commissioner to resolve this matter. It was sort of going full steam ahead, I guess, from the beginning. When you read the the, the draft uh, from the Integrity Commissioner, did you sense that was there anything that you had had in your discussion with him that was reflected in that draft? It looks like some of the things I discussed with them were in the draft, but uh, again, at that point, I had no idea what the accusations were. I had no idea what they were claiming I violated the code of conduct about. I didn't find that out till I got the draft. Then when I responded to the accusations, which is the first time I'd had to see them, um, I got no response to that. And you have not been, uh, to this point anyway, uh, given the opportunity to, to talk to city council about this, to address council? No, I mean... I don't even know what the process would be like for that. Right now, during COVID, I think they've made some exceptions for the Commonwealth Games folks to come and give a delegation to council. But beyond that, I don't think any of their exceptions have been granted. You can't delegate to council. So the whole thing has been kind of routed through, you know, a bunch of processes, I think, that are really difficult for the people in the public to understand. And this seems to have, there seems to have been all along an easier way to resolve all this. And I'm sorry it's gotten to this point. I don't know why council has continued to double down. I don't know why yesterday they didn't reverse the reprimand against me. Um, it seems like they're just intent on seeing this through legal channels, which, of course, you know, um, additional costs. It's not a it's not a good idea. 
Do you think you have the right to face your accusers? I think at some point it would be useful for that conversation to happen for the public. I do think it's important for me to be able to dialogue with them because even if it's just a matter of me having submitted that document to them and it being given to them when they were making the decision, um, unfortunately, the nature of these processes now is you go through this very formal judicial review, which doesn't really allow for that. Like, it's not a trial, right? Um, and so, um, you know, as I said before, and I think it's important to point out again, City Council could have just dealt with this themselves. They've always had the authority to reprimand me if they wanted. They've kind of made this from the beginning an indirect action. They've chosen to go through the integrity commissioners so they didn't have to get their hands dirty. I would much rather have resolved this matter with them directly, um, but it's not the way they chose to go. I'm sure there are people on city council that are really ticked off at you because of, of what you've said and, and, and the fact that you had some concerns about process. And let's face it, they're the ones that develop the process and enact the process. So some of them are going to get their backs up. And, you know, there's some rather sensitive people on that council. I understand that. I don't justify it, but I understand it. But uh, we are moving more and more. I mean, if you want to talk about, you know, solving conflict, and this there was a conflict here, to be sure. Uh, we are moving more and more towards reconciliation. In other words, uh, and, and, and they're doing this in the courts even. You know, it, let's get both sides together and see if we can talk this out instead of going through this process. Instead, and they could have done that, and they should have done that, uh, as you say, there was a process for you to simply sit down with counsel and say, here's why I said this, what's the problem with it, and let them explain that to you, and then you can go from there. But instead, they've just enveloped you in red tape here and said, this is the process, I can't talk about this now, and you even heard that yesterday. Counselors saying, well, we have to wait for this judicial process to go through. Uh, really? Or can you just say, you know what, we, we, we rescind this? Uh, you know, that's all they had to do, and I, it, I don't know that it made the problem go away, but it sure would have made everything a lot easier for everybody. Yeah, and I just think the obvious question here for them should be, I would hope, we're in the middle of a pandemic here. The situation is unprecedented. The fact that they launched this investigation at the beginning of March, and then the Integrity Commissioner insisted on doing this on, you know, at the end of March and all through the summer, um, to me, shows there wasn't really an interest in trying to come up with a solution that addressed the context of what's happening around the world right now. Yeah, sitting down and having a conversation about this would have been the way to go about it. Um, whether virtually or otherwise, trying to come to a resolution before taking this this measure um, would have been the way to do this. But that didn't seem to be what anyone was interested in from the get-go, Bill. You know, when when you complained at Pride Week and asked them not to take to, to do the flag raising at the city hall because you had some serious concerns about uh, some of the attitudes at city about uh, about what your committee was supposed to be doing, did you ever think it was going to devolve into this? In no way, Bill. Um, my first meeting ever as a member of the LGBTQ Advisory Committee was May 15th of last year, and a member of our committee brought that motion forward. I never would have predicted that our committee supporting that motion would have turned into this. Um, it has been unbelievable. Um, it started with Councilor Marula resigning as appointed to the committee. Um, it's, it, you know, the mayor calling an emergency meeting of our committee and then not showing up to it, um, all the way through the events at Pride to now. I never would have thought any of this would have happened. There have been just so, so many ways, Bill, for our leadership in this city to reach out compassionately, reach out with directly, and reach out with a mind to resolution. And every single time, they've chosen the opposite. They've chosen to be difficult and to double down, right? So it's just gotten progressively worse, unfortunately. I don't see a light at the end of this tunnel. And one of the reasons I am um, taking this matter to be 
adjudicated by the courts is because I don't want this to happen to anybody else. I don't think that city council should be emboldened to continue to come after residents when they say and do things they don't like. There are many other ways to resolve these matters, and I really hope going forward that they do that. They take those avenues. The reason I brought the the historical perspective up about uh, what happened with Pride Week, uh, because I, I I know that there's going to be an argument made by some people on council that well that's they're two different issues. No, they're not. I, I still, that my opinion, uh, I think that this is a continuation of some of the uh, the animosity that was obviously evident during that, uh, and 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 that's sad that uh, that that would happen in a situation like this. And uh, you know I doubt you'll ever get anybody on city council to admit to that, but uh, I think that probably fueled to a certain extent part of the the process that they've undergone here. And uh, just judging from some of the comments we heard from some of the councillors yesterday in response to, to your actions here and the, the legal actions you're taking, uh, I, I get the sense that some of them are rather remorseful about it, but they don't know how to react and how to go forward on this, and, and that's problematic. This is a situation going all the way back to that, that Pride Week situation that, that just tr- screamed for leadership. And I don't just mean from one person, but I mean from our elected representatives. And uh, they dropped the ball here, and now look where we are. Bill, you're hitting the nail on the head. In fact, Esther Pauls, Councillor Esther Pauls, during all the meetings that Council discussed so far, discussed this reprimand against me, actually kept mentioning the fact that she couldn't be part of these discussions because they related to the Pride events and because they related to what happened with police. So it seems to me at least some councillors totally agree with you. Um, Yeah, and I agree with you that it's been awkward for some in terms of them trying to express their remorse. But 11 people yesterday decided not to um, rescind the reprimand, despite the fact that the city solicitor said, you're more than willing, you're more than welcome. There's no legal impediment to you to rescinding this reprimand today. They found a way to talk themselves into a circle about risks. And as we talked about before, Bill, that's one of the big problems with this council. It's really important to monitor your risks and make sure you're not taking you know, really risky behaviors. But you don't have to be so risk adverse to be absurd. When your own city solicitor says to you, look, there's a way we can get this reprimand squashed today, and you decide to go the other way, what's that about? Why Are we asking too much of people to, 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 to admit that maybe they screwed up as opposed to having to always wait until they go through a long and lengthy and expensive process to be told that they screwed up uh, to make that admission? It's a rhetorical question, I guess, but I'm getting a little tired of it happening time and time again. Cameron, more to come on this to be sure, and uh, stay in touch. Uh, stay well. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Bill. Cameron Crash, of course, community member who has initiated uh, a process right now uh, about uh, the review of his activities and uh, his statements about what went on. And city council, uh, well, sort of for now, kicking it down the road, saying, well, it's a legal issue right now. Yeah, I always like to hang their head on stuff like that. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.